Welcome to the latest episode of the Foxy Digitals Podcast. I am Brad Rose. It's Friday. How's everybody doing? Uh, it's fine. Well, I was going to say it's finally not freezing here, but it is freezing again on Friday as I come to you. Granted, I'm recording this on Thursday and it's like 45 degrees and sunny. It's amazing. I actually get to go spend some time outside this afternoon. Um, but then Friday, back to winter is back on its bullshit. So... Anyway, I uh, hope everybody's doing all right. It's been kind of kind of a wild week. Um, I this kind of just shows the rabbit hole that I live in. That just everything has been dominated the last twenty four hours by the um, news about Pitchfork being uh, moved into subsumed by. I don't know the whole GQ thing. Lots of layoffs. Lots and lots of lay- that's. Yeah, you know, and obviously, like, Pitchfork is is Pitchfork, but there has been some killer writing over there in recent years. I mean, along with history, of course, but um, it feels like in the last few years that the group they've got over there has, it's like they really found something. And, of course, that's when, that's when corporations and the people with all the money are like, oh, no, 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 can't have any of that. Um Sucks. I mean, it's, you know, we just saw it with Bandcamp. Um, and it's just kind of uh, the way it is. I saw somebody talking about it's like, you know, it's the reaping and sowing thing of, you know, 0% interest rates. Everybody's money is growing on trees. I mean, money is growing on trees for rich people who already have money, which is always the case. But then it's just, you know, it's like, oh, well, fuck. We're, you know, we're going to borrow all this money to buy all this shit for God knows what fucking reason. And now like, oh shit. We we only have tens of millions instead of hundreds of I don't know. It's fucking stupid. Um and it's just one of those things where God, something like Pitchfork can't keep it you know, keep survive. What hope is there for any of anything? I mean that's um yeah, like Different models, different, all those things. Totally agree. I mean, you know, just look at me. I mean, Foxy just tells us this is not. I'm doing this on my own with the support of a handful of awesome people who really believe in it and support it on a monthly basis, and that means everything. Um, but it's, you know, I'm also a stay-at-home dad full-time mostly and my wife has an amazing job you know as an archaeologist that really supports the family and allows me to be a stay-at-home parent and write about music and make music and all these things and so none of it's sustainable um it's yeah Uh, it's always the joke of those of us who really care about this stuff are passing the same 20 bucks around every other month or whatever. Um, I don't know, guys. It's um, it's a weird place to be, but I also am a sucker for punishment as 
good folks at Modern Love so eloquently put it yesterday. They said either you're rich, you're lucky, or you're a sucker for punishment. I like to think I'm a I'm a lifer, but it's the same thing. So um I've done other stuff and it was all right. Had probably had more financial security, but the trade offs were there were trade offs. So I don't know. I'm the thing I do know is that at least for now I'm not going anywhere. Um because I guess I gotta stay home and take care of my kid and pick her up from school and take her to school and do her you know, make dinner every day and all those things while the people in this house with the real talent are supporting us. Um but hey, if you wanna, you know, kick in a few bucks to support, I mean it's it means everything. So Patreon, Bandcamp subscription, all those things exist. Uh and every little bit helps. But enough of the bleakness. <laughs> yeah. Um one I, I do want to mention there's a new Ahmed album that got announced by Astral Spirits this week, and that really ma- that kind of made my week because I that uh some of the best stuff. And I'm I am a huge, huge fan of Pat Thomas uh and all of the stuff that he does. And his playing on these Ahmed records is it's just outstanding and it, it I could I could listen to him play anything at any point and I you know I really love those electronic kind of um I guess they're I mean they're abstract electronic records he's done like I mean I think I've written about I may have written about both of them I don't know I can't remember I know I've written about one of them but yeah Pat Thomas rules Ahmed rules uh so get on that and uh, there's been some other cool stuff announced this week I can't think of what it is right now um but let's get into the album of the week before then we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about hawaii but uh album of the week is it was one i was really excited about as it got announced i think it kind of just got released i don't even know if i remember right but uh subtle movements from carlos nino surya botafacina and nate mercero on leaving records I really love subtle movements and that'll come as a surprise to approximately nobody. Um, I've been pretty vocal and clear about my admiration and just how much I I love Carlos Nino's music and his work and his approach and all of those things. And so then you bring in uh, Surya Botafacina and Nate Mercero and it's just kind of, yeah, like I knew as soon as I saw this announced, I was like, oh my God, I got to hear this because this is, this is going to just hit me. Just, I'm just, I know. Well, I was going to be shocked if I didn't love it anyway. Um, yeah, full disclosure, of course. I love it. But the thing that is so striking about this is, so all this music is, it's, it's, it's improvised. Um, at least I think it's, it was created on the spot. So it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, there very well could have been writing involved, but it's like very, um, it's, this music is a feeling. It's like, it's a moment. And the, 
every time I listen to it, I just feel like time stops and we're, I'm just surrounded by this. Like I'm he- like, it, this doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's like, I'm, I'm hell I'm weightless, but the music is, so, it's because there's so much gravity in the music that I am just stuck. Maybe, maybe that makes sense. I don't know. It is, but it just stops me. And I, it's, you know, I've tried to, every time I put it on, I just have to just be in this moment and it just feels so warm and it's enveloping and it just, it, the other thing that I, I can't get past is how personal it feels. And it feels, you know, it feels like we're being allowed in on this kind of like private experiences, like this moment of these three people just bonding and being in community together and all those things. And then we're allowed inside and musically, you know, if you're familiar with any of these three artists work, then you can get an idea of where it's good. You know, it's, it's very airy and it just follows movements where, you know, it, one of somebody will play some kind of melody or something, and then everyone will they'll just kind of gravitate towards that and explore what other m- moments or, um, you know, different pathways there are within that space. And then that inevitably opens up something else. And so it's, it's very ambient. It's very, um, it's very textural too. Cause you know, it's one of the things that Carlos is so good at is with all his, you know, I imagine his studio is just full of such amazing different like instruments, percussive instruments, especially. And there's, um, all the, all of that just breathes so much life into this. And then you've got like Surya is such an incredible, like keyboardist, piano player. Um, there's, I, I guess he's somebody that I could just, I would love to listen to just play for hours. Um, there's some great footage on YouTube. I'll link one thing in the show. It's this live show he did for the, I think it's like a radio show or something. He's in the parking lot. It's him and a drummer and can't remember who the drummer is. Apologies. But it is <sighs> stellar. And, and, and then Nate is, he, he's playing. I mean, it's not a guitar. It's a guitar synthesizer uh, is what I believe it's in the credits, but it's just, he has such a distinct approach that I feel like I can recognize his play. And I, I don't know. It, it's so cool because it's like nobody is the leader, but they're all the leader. You know, it's like one person will take the reins at one point and they'll go off in a, into a place. And I don't know. It just feels so, like I said, so personal. And now, and I think this is recorded over multiple sessions. If I remember looking at the, um, at the lighter notes, but it, it feels like this just cohesive moment. And yeah, I love, this is the kind of stuff that I just love. It is, it is music that is filled with small moments and pieced together and stitched into this sonic tapestry. It is just this wonderful reflection on everyday life. 
Okay, highly recommend checking that out. Um, the, to the meat of the episode here, I'm super excited to find. I recorded we recorded this late last year, I think in maybe late November, early December. I don't quite remember. Um, but Jessica Ackerley, who is one of the most badass guitarists on the planet, and just a genuinely wonderful, delightful human being, who makes just such incredible music, um, and really. Uh, lovely paintings too. If you follow her on her Instagram, um, but she reached out to me about because she lives in Honolulu. I think no, does she live in Honolulu? Shit, she lives in Hawaii. I'm sorry, I can't remember. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. But she, she lives in Hawaii. She reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I'd love to talk about all the cool stuff that's happening here. If that's something you're interested in, it's, you know, I've mentioned early when I was starting this new weekly thing." that sort of scene report kind of things are things I'm really interested in doing. And so this was beautiful um, opportunity for that. And then she also mentioned that Gaylord DeWald, who's incredible bassist, uh, composer, all around good dude. He lives out there too. And so she was like, Hey, maybe we can both come on. And I was like, this is, this is the stuff I want to be doing. This is awesome. Uh, so yeah, we just chatted for like half an hour or so about, um, what, what's going on out there in like the experimental new music worlds and what, you know, what, what makes it unique? I know there's a lot of things obviously, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a really eye opening conversation to me for me. And I, I learned about a lot of music I wasn't aware of and just things that were going on that don't, uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, they like seem to get back to the mainland here a lot. So I hope you'll find some stuff that you really want to check out. Obviously, you know, check, see what Jessica and Gaylord are up to, but there's, there's a lot of cool stuff happening out there. Um, and they're going to tell us all about it right now. here today with Jessica Ackerley and Gaylord DeWald, and we are going to talk about Hawaii, which is super exciting to me because not only are people listening going to learn something, I'm going to learn something in the process of this conversation. So I guess to start, do you want to talk about how you ended up in Hawaii? Like, I don't know if either of you are, I don't think either of you are from there, but maybe I'm wrong, but what's the story? <laughs> well, I'm actually from Alberta, Canada, um, and uh, I lived in New York for 10 years uh, with my husband and our cat, and we were talking about moving to a more stable climate, as well as me like thinking about pursuing a doctorate degree, um, mostly because I was dealing with some health issues in New York. And uh, when the pandemic hit, I had all of my private studio guitar students online. So I decided that that was like kind of my work that I could take with me. We could give it a try. And we just kind of took a shot in the dark and uh, moved here in February 2021. And then I applied for the doctorate program in January 2022. And that's when I kind of started my PhD here. Awesome. 
So that's how I ended up here. Yeah, just kind of to have a better quality of life, taking care of my health yeah. and also um, be in a place where I could continue expanding on uh, myself as a musician as well. Awesome. What about you, Gaylord? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in North Dakota and then um, had been living in Vermont and New England for the last several decades. Um, and my partner is native Hawaiian um, and had been on the continent you know for many years. Uh, Leila Hua uh, lends a lot. She's a composer, um, uh, an excellent yeah. musician. She's and uh, when the pandemic hit, yeah, she's <laughs> she's outstanding. I'm I'm definitely like the uh, I, I get to, I'm uh, I'm doing well. <laughs> you know, I feel pretty good about it. Um, and the uh, so you know when the pandemic hit, sort of similar thing. She had been um, working down in Troy, New York, um, as a curator at MPAC, mm -hmm. and I was up at, living up in Burlington, and then the pandemic hit, and um, all the different things around. Um, uh, social and racial justice that were going on around that time as well. And uh, as a native Hawaiian, I think um, she got really interested in that and ideas of diaspora since she herself right. grew up on Oahu and then, you know, moved there. So she wanted to go back and, um, to, uh, you know, come to Hawaii again and kind of be involved in language revitalization oh, wow. and, and those kinds of things, as well as obviously like as a part of what her work is. So, I was like, all right, let's do it, you know? And so, um, so she moved back ahead of me by a couple of months and I kind of like wrapped things up, um, in New England, put all my stuff in all kinds of storage units all over the <laughs> Northeast and, and, um, moved out, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So uh, it's been nice in that way. Cause it's sort of like I'm airdropped into a, a large family of people who've been here, uh, literally as long as people, you know, have been in Hawaii. So that's, um, been really That's great awesome. you know really great way to to experience it yeah so okay so then i guess the next so did you guys know each other before you were like the two of you no <laughs> no we didn't no, no we didn't yeah no we i guess we we met sort of through a mutual friend forbes maybe oh, yeah. and i've well, never met forbes in person myself forbes so. Graham, what happened was okay. yeah yeah forbes yeah. is my 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 friend who was basically like a long time instagram friend who we didn't meet face to face until um like summer of 2022 and i was just scrolling through stories one day and there's a tag of this guy who bought his, his least recent tape that he put out last year and um and then the geotag was Honolulu. I'm like, whoa, like what kind of person is listening to Forbes Graham in Honolulu? What you so I immediately went to uh, Gaylord's Instagram account and saw that he was in Honolulu. So I messaged him on a whim. Be like, hey, like I see that you're located here. I'm just curious, like, um, are you a resident here? Like I'm looking to connect with musicians that kind of have similar musical tastes as me. And like Gaylord... <laughs> was just as friendly back and then we've been i guess quote unquote thick as thieves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's been good that's yeah. awesome i love it I, lo good. I i you know so i'm in tulsa oklahoma so i have it's the same thing when you see somebody from tulsa or in oklahoma that is you know interested in somewhere and the same thing it's like oh my god <laughs> um and there's always, there's always people, right. you know, like when you dig around, there's always people like it's easy to sometimes feel like, oh, there's nobody that's into it. And I mean, that was the big lesson for me in Vermont, even was like, oh, it's, you know, people will say, oh, it's small and there's no one here. But it's like, 
I was there for a couple of decades and I had a mailing list of like two or 300 people in Vermont that are interested in creative music, yeah. you know, so they're there. It's just the, the hard part is, um, is finding them and, and to continually remind people that there are cool things there and not, and to, you know, to, to downplay the message of, oh, there mm -hmm. aren't cool things here. And that's, that's an effort, yeah. you know, it's an effort for like scene builders or, or whatever. It's an effort to like lift up I, what's I, there. Yeah. I think about it all the time. I consider myself sort of an evangelist for Tulsa experimental yeah. music and art and things. <laughs> so, um, okay. So what is, so are you both in Honolulu? I don't Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah. 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 So yeah. like what all beyond, you know, what you two are doing and, and the stuff you guys are doing to get like, what, what's what is happening there? Like, are there spaces for shows? Are there, um, I don't know, like, what's it like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we both moved here, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic, like, right before vaccines were rolling out for me and right after vaccines mm -hmm. were rolling out for Gaylord. Um, and I feel like just like any sort of smaller scene uh, that, has been through the pandemic, um, has also been kind of slow to come mm -hmm. back in terms of access to spaces and um, just like discussions with musicians that uh, there was a lot more music back then. I think like one, one of the things that uh, is a really, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but, like a really dominating, obviously like tourism mm -hmm. uh, is something that deeply impacts uh, these islands negatively and also like there's a sense of reliance so that kind of trickles down into what music is being played mm. um like the jimmy buffett's like tourist dad rock right. cover band stuff um just to kind of cater to the tourists but then there's also like these other um really unique elements that ha i can i think can only happen here in hawaii because it's in the middle of there and it's such a transition spot where um so many people coming from different areas of oceania and like mm -hmm. asia and then north america and, and even like there's histories with portugal and how they brought their instruments here in the ukulele um became like a pinnacle yeah. musical instrument that kind of defined the music and um i think like one of the beautiful things about living here is uh especially in the program that i'm studying the reason why i wanted to do a doctorate program here was uh, the ethnomusicology, ethnomusicology aspect of it, and specifically in Asian and um, Oceania, musics from those regions um, kind of getting away from what a lot of classical programs are censored around, which is Western European right. music. Um, so I think like uh, space, I mean, just knowing and living in New York, knowing how it was in New York, space is no matter where you live, it's always going to be finding the physical space is going to be the challenge. Um, it's not so much like finding the people to do it. I think if you shine the light, people will come. But then the execution of finding the physical space and the consistency of it is the challenge no matter uh, where you are. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, I think like one of the things that's really unique about Hawaii and despite it being like a smaller music scene is that we have people like Kenny Endo, who is um, basically a pioneer in taiko drumming, which is Japanese mm -hmm. uh, traditional drumming, um, kind of bringing it into the contemporary world. And then um, 
like obviously Hawaiian music uh, is like its own genre right. uh, based on the geography. Um, there's a lot of uh, Filipino musicians. Um, a lot of uh, one of the things that we actually spend a lot of time studying in our program is gamelan. So we learn uh, Javanese gamelan uh, music, uh, Korean music, Japanese music, Chinese music. We have all these people that are kind of kind of passing through from these areas, maybe on their way to North America or passing North America here to Asia or Oceania. Um, that we get to connect with and uh, have these super unique mu musical experiences with that's like, I, I think in New York is definitely accessible, but it's oftentimes, especially in this, these more experimental worlds, we're less likely to venture out right. into those other places. So when you're in a smaller scene, you're kind of uh, put in a situation where you're just trying to connect to anyone that's interested in any sort of music and has that enthusiasm for it. And I think that's like a really beautiful exchange um, with sharing mm -hmm. each other's art and experiences and kind of building that community. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I re relate to deeply. Um, just because Tulsa is not very big either. And it's the same kind of thing. And I'm really curious too the sort of, I don't know, maybe influence and connection with you, you mentioned a little bit like, you know, Hawaiian music is its own thing entirely. And like those connections, because for me, like thinking about it, I, there's this kind of similarity, like around here, uh, there, like the, like Native American, there's like some of the biggest tribes are based in Oklahoma. They are, there's like, I mean, my wife is an archaeologist for the Osage nation and like the head, the capital of the Cherokee nation is here. And, and so there's a lot of those, and I mean, so many of the musicians and different artists I know are like one of my closest collaborators is like, that's what he does is he takes, it's like native art, but he uses it in this sort of contemporary and experimental way. And so there's a lot of those connections here, which are so incredible and just to me make this scene so unique. And I, from what you're, you know, you're talking about, I, it seems like there's probably some, maybe some similarities there with, I'm just curious to know more about that yeah there's um i mean one one thing to think about one thing to think about like when, when we like consider hawaii as a place and like it's it's like a different yeah. country here you know it's, it's a, a different it, country like, it, is, it actually is a different country <laughs> and um and and it's like a different country right so the um you know so the, there's there's a lot of things about that mm -hmm. you know that that play into it and there's a lot of like you know, heritage related things for uh, native Hawaiian culture and crafts and storytelling and, um, and all of that. And then there are also, um, you know, many practitioners who are bringing that into the contemporary world in a variety of different ways, you know, whether it's like in clothing or fashion or pattern design with like Manaola is a company there. Um, and Manaola Yap is the designer for that, who really has a deep, uh, way of explaining those kinds of things in a contemporary mm -hmm. context. Um, and then also artists, you know, um, his sister, uh, Navahine, uh, does a lot of integrating, um, Hawaiian traditional things into contemporary musical experiences mm -hmm. and art. Um, and so there, there definitely is a lot of that kind of activity going on. And I know like, uh, uh, Lenny Ascension, I think 
who I've never met in person, but I've seen her work online. Yeah. Um, uh, I think she's Filipino. I'm not sure. So I don't want to get it wrong, but she does a lot of really amazing work. If you check out her Instagram oh. for sure. Um, she's based in Boston and she's yeah. been doing, uh, she recently did a show for non-events. I also messaged her and told her she yeah. went when she's back visiting <laughs> to yeah. touch biz. And that's would, another, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, yeah, I would absolutely love to meet her, and, and yeah. her work looks fascinating. And, and it, there's a lot of, of of that sort of integration. And one of the things I like to think about, I think about scenes all the time too. Like having grown up in North Dakota and then living in Vermont, kind of maybe similar as the yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma thing of like you're like, how do you make this go? You know, got <laughs> <laughs> a situation with like creative, weird music or whatever, and um, and it's like I look to you know the there's sort of like the the mythical scenes that that you know I, I admire from the past like the you know that whole like scene that came out of new york that had the minimalists mm-hmm. or that whole like you know non-pop or you know new wavy kind of stuff in the 80s and almost all of those are like end up being like the mishmash of usually like three different musical cultures mm-hmm. so you'll have like the classical people plus the free jazz people plus the weird rockers of in that makes that New York scene where you can, where enough information is being exchanged. And, uh, you know, at that particular mm-hmm. time that, that things are interesting. And then like, and then it does come down to that, like, where's the physical space going to, ha- where does this stuff happen? Like in New York, it was the, the lofts of mostly the free jazz guys that, that made that happen. And, um, you know, so like in a place like Hawaii, where as jessica was saying like this is a crossroads place right we're we're either in the middle of nowhere or we're in the center of everything (laughs) right like i I like to say it like since we have like active volcanoes and new earth is emerging every day i like to say we're at the center of the expanding world um (laughs) here and we do have these things where like people coming over uh from all the different countries of asia you know and have been for you know centuries essentially so it's you have this mix of um a wide array of like asian music popular music and traditional music you have the hawaiian music um and you have stuff coming over from various corners of north america as well and um it, it really has an influence on the kind of sound you hear, but also just the openness and like the big ears of the pe- of the people here. Like, I think that like, you don't like you, you people are willing to listen to something. They may not mm-hmm. like it or whatever, but they're willing to listen to it and try things out. Um, I did want to say for like specific, just like the practical level of like, where do you go to see a show? Um, there's like a, there's a bookstore, a graphic design bookstore called base books. Um, and they they run like a sound design series and they're personally interested um i think in a lot of electronic kind of music as well like that's sort of their personal focus so there's a lot of sort of experimental on that like experimental lo-fi which you know may not rise to the level of big e experimental for you know if someone wants to be the culture police or something like that but it's experimental music you know it's people making that stuff and and people come out to those shows right so it's like show in a bookstore in a bookstore people come out you know um and then and 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 they're also open like when andrew yi was here this summer um the cellist uh you know they did a performance there and and Leila Hu and i did our yes and duo show there and and the place was packed and people came and and it tends to be a little bit multi-generational which i always enjoy at a show when it's like 
if there's if there's not any old people at the show then something's wrong in mm-hmm. my opinion it's like okay what what happened to the old people <laughs> you know like why are why are there no old people here and, and same yeah. with like young people mm-hmm. you know and as families well families like, too and families like yeah, yeah full-on families of stuff yeah like that's that's an actual that it, it gives the feeling of a scene that like you can grow old in or you can mm. live in for a while it's not just uh for young people you know so that's like one um space uh, and then recently there was a show at a coffee shop that's like a coffee shop slash plant store called Plant Dome. Uh, and that was organized by a local art art college, a college professor who's an art professor. Um, and again, another one of these sort of electronic sort of sides. So there's like, there's an interesting sort of electronic, you know, when I look at like, what are the three genres that need to mix in here? You know, if we were to have, if we were to like recreate our own, uh, universe if that were a, if that theory holds any water you know so electronic music would probably be a big corner of it yeah and i mean uh i think like also uh one thing that i got coming from new york and the audiences that i performed for uh very rarely was it not musicians right and so one of the things that i was trying to be i made a, like a very concerted effort with my move and especially now that i've been touring to other places is trying to find audiences that aren't just professional musicians or me just trying to treat the performance as like a networking mm-hmm. event where i can show up what i can do as a potential to get a spin-off and get more gigs because i'm playing for people that might invite <laughs> me to play on their bills in their bands and stuff like that which like um like can help to a degree, but that's not why I am making music. The reason why I'm making music is that I want to connect on a deeper, deeper level, uh, personally, mm-hmm. that isn't only to kind of fulfill my own <laughs> career <laughs> needs. So, um, when I, 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 and that's one of the things that I love about playing in smaller places. Now that I've been kind of touring outside of New York, where in New York, I was playing like 80 shows a year. Maybe like five musicians would come up. Even when I go back now, it's just like right. the same five musicians playing uh, or in the audience watching me. And um, then when I've been out and playing at these other places, like uh, it's really cool to kind of see and talk to people that are music appreciate appreciators and music enthusiasts. I'm just excited to be there and witness something. Um, and then another thing that I've been doing as I've been performing is talking like, especially because my music is more experimental and improvisation based. Um, sometimes people don't know exactly what's going on or mm-hmm. they haven't experienced it before. So kind of giving some context and talking about it in my set and then like being at the end of uh, telling them at the end of my set that if they have any questions or want to come up to talk to me, I'm very friendly and approachable. And um, one thing that I noticed when I started doing that is at the end, like, you get, yeah, like these people coming up and they're curious about it. And that then it becomes less alienating too. I think one of the things that I really struggled with um, playing in New York is just feeling a sort of uh, exclusive club, like that's kind of alienating other um, people from being involved with it just because uh, we're kind of putting it on a pedestal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what I'm doing is cutting edge. What I'm doing is like, uh, relevant now and uh if you don't understand then that that's not not on me that's Mm -hmm. on you um 
and uh, kind of finding this middle ground where it can kind of expand outside of uh, niche audiences, despite the thing that you're doing right. is something that is very niche. Oh, yeah. You're- I will refrain myself from like going on a monologue here, but you are so speaking <laughs> my language and the things that are so important. Like a big part of my whole creative practice is this is an idea that anybody can find their own sort of expression through sound. Like sound is for everyone. And I, so it's like, we've all experienced, there, there's all sorts of different kinds of gatekeeping that are involved. And, and like, I don't want any part of that. Like, like you said, like this is like niche music as it's hard enough as it is like welcome people into it. And and like, I love that you're, what you're talking about with your shows, like giving context throughout and inviting people like afterwards to ask questions. I think that is so amazing and important. And, and I would imagine for you, it becomes this other like fulfilling in a different way that just playing a show on its own isn't. And like, that's awesome. And I think just kind of connecting this back to the rest of the, like, I think that like, I find that here, like playing shows in Tulsa and then smaller, but like those opportunity, it feels, it feels more, maybe not, I don't know, more possible is right. Cause I'm sure you could do that anyway, but it just, I don't know, like the environment really lends itself to that because kind of also like Gaylord, what you were saying, how people will show up if they know about it, like people are curious because there aren't 50 other things going on to where you can just stay and you're like, well, you know, there's always something in my small focus going on that I can, it's like, there's only three things going on. So if I want to do something, I'm going to check out something I might not have. And, and then this also gets in, like, I also think a lot of this kind of more experimental music, I think is in a lot of ways is a lot more accessible to more people if they just knew about it, like they hear it and think like, Oh, this is not like, it's weird, but it's cool. And it's so, yeah. Well, I think that the challenge there is, is mostly about like, and it's like what Jessica's doing and many of us do, I guess, and it is to help it, help it relate to their daily mm-hmm. lives, right? Like free improvisation sounds like such a, like a complicated, difficult, mystical thing. But at the end of the day, everybody's improvising everything to get through life, right? Like we're all making it up as we go, right? Like this is a survival, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a survival (laughs) concept. And, um, and what we're doing as musicians is playing with that idea, right? Of survival in that way. And, and people get that, you know, they may or may not like what the sounds do for their ears or whatever they that mm-hmm. you know like everyone has an opinion or sense of taste or whatever but they will get but they do get what we're doing if if we're willing to you know be honest and talk with you know talk with people mm-hmm. about it in a in an open way right and that's again it's not for yeah. everybody some people like everybody's in in music or making music for different reasons some people want to be an edge lord and like <laughs> God bless you and right. uh, see you yeah. some other time, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, like everybody exists in the world and that's, mm. that's part of what it is. You have to recognize that, but, um, but we can choose where, um, where and how to focus our own energies. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, as, as people who are, you know, loving and caring for, for the world in that way, you know, as we make our music, we think that way. And to tie it back to Hawaii, like a, a lot of that is kind of like present in, 
like the culture itself, yeah. you know, in, in positive ways. Like that's sort of, in many ways, much more the starting point. Mm-hmm. It, the starting point is much more often a way of like, well, what is this? And, and I'm interested and engaged and I respect you as a human being. And, uh, and I want to hear what you're making as opposed to like arms crossed right. basement, bro, you know, <laughs> whatever, like it's not, that isn't in my experience, you know, being at these shows and, and performing some is it, yeah. it's a, it's a welcoming mm-hmm. culture, uh, people here, um, and varied, you know, and very, and there's so many different like influences here. Like it really is this like, cause you've got, you've got a very large, uh, Navy presence here. And so there's mm. like the spinoff punk noise thing that comes like sort of with right. that element. Um, you've got, you know, you've got again like the Native Hawaiian stuff, and you've got a bunch of different things um, coming in from Asia, both traditional and contemporary. And then you got it just being this is a a potential stop on the way to somewhere mm. else. You know, and this where it's like if someone's on their way to Korea or on their way to Japan, they could theoretically stop here on the way, um, and that that plays out well. Um, you know. Also, where we get somebody, someone from the continent who may not normally be here can yeah. stop in on their way somewhere else. The first person that I can think of that's doing that, and I got my tickets actually on Saturday, is Janet Jackson. Uh, <laughs> yes. Amazing. <laughs> she's going on tour to um, Japan. And like one of the things that like I find at first, like I was humored about um, kind of straying away from more experimental stuff, but just general um population music taste is like uh a lot of pop music that i grew up in like the late 90s early 2000s like white 2k pop um like i hear it all the time here like songs that like i probably hadn't heard in like decades and i thought it was really bizarre and it's like oh like part of me was like oh like maybe people just don't have the quote-unquote musical taste because it's dated but then um i was researching and i learned um in the philippines uh the cover band is a huge industry there and like to be a musician a professional uh musician in a filipino cover band where you're playing those job get jobbing gigs like the level that you have to be at is like so high like you have to know like all the guitar solos to like seven hundred songs and um be able to play them on all these different keys like it's like a certain level of craft and musicianship and so i was thinking like um about it's not generally um whether the music is good or bad because that is subjective based on your own personal taste but more so if i kind of take away that like elements of judgment in the moment and like think about like how there's such like this huge filipino community Mm here on the island and how um that sort of craft and that musicianship from where they're from is like at such a high level in comparison to like a jazz musician learning jazz standards or like a professional violin player kind of going Mm -hmm. through all the repertoire for classical music and stuff like that um I, i have a certain level of appreciation for it and then it's kind of flipped it around for me where like i'm going back and revisiting this music and yeah. buying tickets to go see <laughs> janet jackson um because i i think like also it's easy to kind of get tunnel vision with what you're doing and one of the things that's living in hawaii has taught me is that i can't afford 
to kind of maintain that tunnel vision because I'm going to be missing out on so many things that can teach me so much. So it's opened me up and opened my ears up to things that I might have been dismissive about and written off Mm -hmm. um, where I used to live. And I think that is uh, something that has really changed me as a musician here as well. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, Before we get out of here, are there any, like, A, is there any other, like, projects, bands, um, art, venue, any, whatever that you want to mention, make sure you mention. And then like, what all are you working, you guys working on too, either together or separate? Just, yeah. I'll start with, um, with there's, uh, just some other smaller, like venue or different venue kind of things. There's, um, the, the one of the producer web producer i think is his official name anandev Banerjee runs the atherton studio for hawaii public radio mm-hmm. and he often puts on like series of show and it's like a small it's a small room um you know maybe 50 50 people could be in there it's like a little recording thing as as a mm-hmm. part of the mm-hmm. public radio it's a beautiful sounding room they got a bosendorfer in there and it's a great it's a good room um but he puts on shows there uh, as well so it's another place where like you know he's done a and he tries to do different things and you know each season he tries something else he's done a you know traditional hawaiian music um set uh where he also combined had you know chamber musicians with uh hawaiian singers and then uh, he's done, he did like an indie rock series and he's trying a lot of innovative things there um both as part of the like initiative of like hey let's widen the audience for public radio but also to provide a venue and a place for musicians to have that kind of um, both recording and performance experience. So that's, I think uh, it's a new and increasingly important kind of, um, you know, cornerstone, I think for creative music. And he's also um, super into creative music. So like he and I hang out and do weird field recording in the woods or whatever in the mountains (laughs) and things like that. So it's, you know, there's a lot of that and there's, um, so that that was one other one i wanted to make sure just yeah. at the venue i think as with any place like the production space like where do you get a band together to practice that's yeah. a hard one you know that's a hard one and it, you know like jessica's got that one beat right now by by being a student you know so like in many places it's like a university ends up being mm-hmm. the institution that holds that kind of facility but that's sort of the um you know that was a challenge when i was living in burlington that was a big challenge that ultimately led to to making community of sound, which is like a nonprofit that that's the problem mm. solved. Um, but I kind of look at that here. I'm like, okay, it's, it is a, like everything's expensive because everything's expensive, but it's also a port city. So like there's, I, I keep feeling like there's gotta be some warehouse yeah. space somewhere here. That <laughs> is like <laughs> where we can make a racket, we can make a racket, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned, um, Atherton with Anadev. Yeah. And I, uh, another thing that people are really good about here is documenting everything. Mm-hmm. Like live streaming is like, um, I see a lot more of that happen here because they're aware that because, um, with geotags and Hawaii being such an iconic place, um, throughout the world, like everyone knows Hawaii mm-hmm. and like they have like these ideas and images in their mind of what it is. So I, 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 I Notice that a lot of musicians have this acute sense 
us using that to their advantage with kind of live streaming and sharing their work and everything. And uh, Base Bookshop, actually, all of those sets, even if you can't attend to uh, attend in person to the concerts, they actually record all of their sets and release them on Bandcamp. So, um, like, it is accessible to kind of get a bird's eye view of what's going on here um, through um, online geotake searches, uh, through the base bookshop, uh, Bandcamp, Aloha, Got Soul is a local record uh, label here. Um, But focus is mainly on Japanese city pop. Like, that's kind of like the way they kind of started is uh, reviving that, that music from the 70s in Japan was pop music and uh, they also kind of expanded into like a lot of uh, local musicians as well. Um, one of my favorite records that I bought from them is this album uh, called, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's by this duo called Steve and Teresa. And they were just kind of uh, singer, guitarist and bass player doing hotel gigs, but the music is so beautiful and so well executed. Um, and and then also the slap key guitar players. Um, Sunny uh, Chilling with Worth is like one of my favorites to listen to. Um, more contemporary people uh, like Jeff Peterson. Um, and then people from my generation like uh, that are kind of out there doing stuff, kind of working as musicians on the scene. Johnny Lamb, he's an amazing uh, pedal and lap steel guitarist and jazz guitarist. Uh, he was based in New York for many years and had this band called the Honey Fingers. I'm just trying to think right. of like all my friends that Absolutely. I can shout out for right now. Um, and then let me think what else. Uh, that's all, all I can think of off the top of my head. And I, I feel like um, when I was researching to find musicians to connect with here, I was doing get, digging and it was kind of hard for me to come across that stuff. But then... Um, as I was kind of sifting through more Instagram-based stuff and more Bandcamp stuff, then I became more acquainted with what was going on here. And um, I think, like, uh, beyond that, uh, a lot of the culture, like, the social aspects of it are deeply rooted in, like, what's going on here. So, like, also, if, like, people are interested in exploring about the culture and, like... uh, the way that uh, indigenous people here interact and engage and kind of sustain community is um, like a broader element that basically a a broader social aspect that is Mm -hmm. deeply informed with what's going on in music and arts here. So uh, if people are curious, I highly suggest kind of just pulling up Google and start researching and just learning about all that stuff. Um, Because me and Gaylord, as people that aren't from here, as like, kind of quote-unquote permanent visitors um we're learning about it as well continuously to assimilate into this culture that we're kind of guests in yeah yeah well and that and that music and song is like just so deeply embedded like in in local culture like the kings and queens of hawaii you know it were composers mm-hmm. you know they, they were mm-hmm. songwriters and composers you know kalakawa wrote songs liliu obviously Kalani wrote was a was a very famous composer in her day. Um, so like it's it's sort of expected. Like everybody 
everybody sings a song everybody knows how to do the dance like that's like of course you do yeah. you know like when yeah. it's your turn at the you know the thing you get up and do it that's how that's how it works here um, yeah you know and and everybody's there to appreciate it you know they're like what do, what's what's there to we're going to appreciate this so it's it's a good yeah. feeling you know it's a good feeling and you, you go with it it's awesome yeah well that yeah sounds like yeah just sounds like there's so much interesting and really cool stuff happening there and um yeah. i know that after i got a whole bunch of stuff to start like looking up and researching now and music i want to check out uh just because based on this conversation alone so this is awesome um, well, thank you all for doing this. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brad. Thank you once again to Jessica Ackerley and Gaylord Walt for taking the time to educate me and everybody listening about the awesome stuff happening out in Hawaii. Man, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye and ear on that. And uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Uh, next week, who knows? Be another thing, another bunch of stuff. I don't know. Um, if you haven't listened to this week's songs for our lives with Ilyas Ahmed, it is a fucking great one next week. We will, I will have Sarah Henny's on. You can hear that now on the Patreon. If you join, um, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis, three bucks a month. If you want just the songs of our lives stuff, five bucks a month for a bunch of other stuff too. Again, it's the way that, you know, I don't know. I, I have a vested interest in this obviously, but if you, think that writing and covering music that is outside of the the mainstream that's pretty lightly is worthwhile and important i'm right here so anyway uh thanks all for listening holler at me on social media wherever at foxy Digital. send me an email send me a voicemail you know all that you know where to find me and always remember the sound is for everyone Thank you.